Jesus, as we have just sung, you are the risen and exalted one. Oh, how we need to see that today. Whatever, Father, folks are bringing in this morning, show us in a fresh way that Jesus is the risen and exalted one. Whatever battles may be going on in lives here this morning, show us that Jesus is the risen and exalted one. Whatever is before us in the week ahead, show us that Jesus is the risen and exalted one. And Jesus, we come to give you our worship. Come open our hearts to not just hear your word described and unpacked, but let it sink deep in to be life-changing to our souls. Come, Holy Spirit, in a mighty way, come among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Last week, Kimberly and I took a quick trip up to Fayetteville to see Ann Claire and Connor. Uh, and when we were about to leave, Connor said, Robert, I've got to show you this, this, this kind of new device that he had just bought. And it's one of those virtual reality headsets. Have you ever had, do you have one or have you ever put one of those on? It's pretty spectacular. And so I put it on and, and the scene that he put up, well, it wasn't on the computer screen. It was, I became in the scene. It was of one of the uh, rocket launches uh, to the moon and it just showed this incredible view of outer space. With, you could see the earth, but then you would just look out and you would see just the immense nature of the universe. For me, it like opened up a whole nother dimension, and I was a part of it. Well, last night when I was thinking about what I was going to share this morning, I, I couldn't help but be reminded again of what I saw there, this, this whole other dimension that was opened up for me, a greater expanse, something that I hadn't seen or really noticed before. I think for many of us here today, we need our eyes opened we need our eyes open to see the greater expanse of who God is, that he is the God who came to save. Maybe for you this morning, you come needing your, your view of God, uh, your vision of God expanded. I pray that you'll see that as we dive into this incredible text this morning. There's two things I want us to look at as we have our vision of God um, uh, expanded or enlarged before us, that, that we would have a greater vision of the God who came to save. Okay, we'd have a greater vision of the God who came to save, but then we would also have an understanding of what happens to us when we fail to have a clear vision of the God who saves. What happens when we don't have a vision? You know what happens? we fall back into slavery. We want to go back, which is something we see the Israelites doing in this passage. But let's jump in and begin to, to look at the God who saves. Now, now, I want to remind you where we are in this scene each week as the story of the book of Exodus progresses along. Do you remember the people in Israel, the Israelites, Humanly speaking, you would look upon their situation and the, the dire stress they were in, the slavery they were in, and you would think, humanly speaking, there's no way out. Pharaoh was too strong. The gods of Egypt were too strong. There's no way that it, they would get to freedom. It'd be impossible. 
But I hope you're beginning to see in this series that God is the God of the impossible. Maybe you need to see that in a spot in your own life today. That what you think is impossible, when it, you're coming from God's view, it could, be imposs- it could be possible. God is the God of the impossible. For we saw that God alone defeated the gods of Egypt with the ten plagues. And then we saw last week how God provided a Passover lamb. Blood shed and place on the doorposts of the Israelites' homes that when the angel of death came and passed over the land of Egypt, that he passed over the home of the Israelites and spared them death because blood was already shed for them. And they were spared and they were saved. And so now we come to this incredible scene when, when Pharaoh finally gets to the place and says, Go. And Moses leads them out into freedom. Now, I want you to just have a picture of of, of how many people Moses actually led out of Egypt that day, that time. It says 600,000 men plus women and children. When you really step back and do all the calculations, you are probably looking at a group of about 2.4 million Israelites that were being led out of Egypt into freedom. So that kind of gives you a picture of the immensity of what's going on in this scene. So we read this in Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 and 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Now, The quickest route to the land of Canaan, to the promised land, you know how long it would have actually taken them? Two weeks to get there. But God took them on this circuitous route, this this winding path that ultimately took them 40 years. And to the Israelites, I'm sure they're thinking on this path now out of Egypt, going, what's happening? Where are you taking us? And they find themselves in this wilderness place, all of a sudden, they are up against the Red Sea on one side and the approaching Egyptian army on the other. What would you be thinking? <laughs> Probably the same thing they would. What, what did you do? What is the plan? Why have we gotten into this place? But friends, I want you to see here, while they could not see, God had a plan. God was in control on this very strange route that they were going down, God had a plan, and he knew exactly what he was doing with his people. He was fully in in control. You know, I've said this many times in this series that the Exodus story is actually our story today. And what we find here in this passage is our story is not unlike theirs. You see, there are times when God takes us down a path that we don't understand You see, we don't understand why certain difficulties happen in our lives. But friends, God has a plan. He is in control. We don't understand when we take a turn and we hit a dead end, and we think, what's next? We don't understand, but I want you to know, God has a plan, and God is in control. We don't understand when we can't seem to get the break. Maybe it's with your job. Maybe it's with something going on in your family. 
Maybe it's an illness, and you go, I just can't get a break. 2020 has been some kind of year. A lot of words you could probably fill in. But I want you to know, God has a plan. God is in control. Friends, what you and I need to see is the God who saves always has a plan. He always knows the way forward, even though you and I can't see it. And I'll say this, and we need to hear this right now. Even in the midst of the uncertainty that that we face as a country, we don't know what's ahead. But I want you to know, what did I say? What have I said numerous times already? God has a plan. God is in control. And with that, we ought to hopefully go, okay, you are the God who saves. What I do not see, you see. And I don't need to be stirred up or give in to fear, but I can come and surrender knowing that you are working something out, something greater than we could ever imagine. You see, what we see in this scene when the Israelites are pinned in with the Red Sea on one side and the, Israel, the, the Egyptian army coming after them on the other, God's plan was that his people would know his presence and his protection. Are those two things that you need to know when you don't know the plan ahead? What difference would it make if you knew God's presence with you in those moments? What difference would it make if you knew his protection over you? I want you to see the God who saves comes and is present with his people as he leads them out. In Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22, we read these words. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud that led them along the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. You see God's presence there? Do you know in theological terms what that's called? A theophany. You ever heard that word? A theophany is a visible manifestation of God's personal presence with his people. Moses saw that in the burning bush. That was a theophany. That was God's presence in Moses as he was speaking to him out of the bush. When, when, when Jacob was wrestling with the angel, that was a theophany, a visible presence of the living God. And what we see in this story is God was with his people The God who saves doesn't just say, I'm going to save and here's how I'll do it. Just wait and see. God went with them on the journey and God was with them all along the way. But not only do we see his presence with them, we see his protection over them. In Exodus 14, 19, and 20, we read, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near to the other all night. Do you picture the scene? Again, here's the Red Sea. Here are the Israelites. Here are the Egyptians. The angel of the Lord, again, another manifestation of God's presence, had been going before the Israelites on the journey. But in that moment when they came to the Red Sea, the angel of the Lord moved from that position, came in between the Israelites and the Egyptians, bringing, if you will, a shield of protection. 
No one, they didn't go at each other. The Israelites were perfectly safe in that moment. Friends, God protected them, and he never left them. I want you to think for a minute, God's presence with his people. Think about that cloud that went with them along the way. Do you ever wish you had a cloud going before you? You ever wish you had a cloud leading you along the way, and then when you knew when the cloud moved this way, you would move this way? Let me ask you this: What would that give you if you had a cloud going before you every day? What do you think it would give you? A sense of security, <laughs> protection, direction, comfort, knowing that you weren't alone. Friends, I can tell you this. God gave his presence to the Israelites, but God has given us something far greater today as his followers. You see, what we see in this scene is God was present with them out there in a cloud that went before them. But as followers of Christ today, do you know what we have? We don't just have the presence of God out there. We have the presence of God in here. And I can tell you that it's so much greater than a cloud going before us. The fact that we have the very presence of the living God in us. Not out there, but in us. I love, um, Jesus knew exactly what to say when things needed to be said to the disciples Shortly before he went to the cross, he was explaining that he was about to go and die, and they had no no paradigm of what that would actually be like. They didn't understand what he was saying, but he gave them a promise, and friends, this is a promise for you and me today. In John 15, starting, John 14, starting at verse 15, we read, if you, this is Jesus speaking, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. Do you see the greatest gift that we have in the midst of of a life that, that we don't know the plan ahead, but God does? He's given us his Holy Spirit to be in us so that we can know the very presence of God with us, protecting us. I hope you're beginning to get a clearer picture of who God is. I hope your your, your vision of God is beginning to be expanded and stretched to see more of the immensity of the God who saves and his provision for us in every way. Friends, what I believe we need, honestly, in the church today is or is that we would be a people so grounded and rooted in God's Word. Because how are we going to have a vision of God? How are we going to understand more of the God who saves? Because I don't know if you're like me, but I need to be reminded of Him every day. We do as we're rooted and grounded in His Word. As I've said many times, may we be a people that give ourselves to not just the reading of his word, but encountering the living God out of his word. He is alive and with us. And he speaks to us right where we are. 
in whatever situation we find ourselves in, that's why we've got to have a clear vision, a clear picture of the God who saves. But let me shift gears for a minute and begin to look at the second point. What happens when you and I do not have a clear picture of the God who saves? You know what happens? We go right back into slavery. Listen to what we read in Exodus 14, 10 through 12. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Do you know what's happening here? Instead of looking out to the God who saves, who had provided all of these things to lead them on this journey, who was with them, protecting them, instead of looking at God, they looked at their enemy and they became paralyzed. They looked at the challenging situation before them and they wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to slavery. Friends, here's the point. When you and I don't have a clear vision of the God who saves, our tendency, just like the Israelites, is to go back to Egypt. We go back to slavery. Think about it this way. When we don't know the way forward, when the pressure builds around us, when stress is high, when fear creeps in, do you know what our tendency is? It's to go back to our old ways, to go back to our old ways of coping we return to unhealthy relationships. We return to unhealthy habits and sin patterns. In other words, we, we go back to what is more comfortable and known. We go back to Egypt. We give ourselves to things that we know are not healthy. It's kind of like if you're familiar with the term Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. I can get it out. Are you all familiar with that? Back in 1973, there was a robbery at a bank in Stockholm, Sweden. Four hostages were taken. Once the hostages were released, what they said is they, be, they found, the police found that the hostages were defending their captors. And they would, not, they would not go up against the captors when they went to trial. It was as if they pledged an allegiance, an alliance with the captors, something that was not good, but yet they made a bond with. Friends, that's what we do with our sin, isn't it? We know that our sin patterns are not good. You could fill in the list, whatever yours are. We know they're not good, but somehow we go back to them when times get tough, when stress builds. We go back to Egypt, if you will. Here are a couple of questions I want to ask you this morning. Where do you find yourself becoming a slave of sin again? What is that place, or where are those places where you, where, for you? Where have you fallen into unhealthy patterns? I wonder if you can name three areas of, of sin that, that you have fallen back into and given yourself to in these past eight months. Friends, listen, tensions are high these days. 
Stress is high these days. You know, it's interesting, as a pastor, and Dustin can relate to this, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, our counseling loads increase tremendously because of families being together over the holidays and the loneliness. There's a lot of just pressure there, relational pressure and loneliness. Friends, I've seen this already begin a month ago. And I am seeing stress and pressures hit relationships like never before. But people in need, people struggling, people wrestling. And the tendency is to go back to Egypt, to go back to those things that are comfortable, that take the edge off. But listen, friends, please, don't miss what God is wanting to do in your life right now. We don't need to miss what God is doing. I believe he's stirring us up as a church. I believe he's stirring us up as his children, giving us an awakening to open our eyes to the God who saves and to see these these patterns that we've given ourselves to, that they are not life-giving, but rather more destructive in every way. So the question is this, are we going to give ourselves to this awakening that God is leading us into? Are we going to go back to slavery like the Egyptians wanted to do? You see, one of the greatest problems that the Egyptians faced, that the Israelites faced was this. They had no picture of freedom. They had no vision of freedom. And friends, I think the same is true for you and me today. When we don't have a picture of freedom... It's easy to go right back to slavery, isn't it? Do you know what we need? We need something before us that is so much more beautiful, so much more magnificent, so much more glorious than all of these things that we seem to attach ourselves to over here, these areas of sin that we fall into. We need something. We need someone who is more glorious than we could ever imagine. And that's the God who saves. That's why I began by saying, I think for many of us, we need our eyes open to see a greater expanse of who this God is. He's the God who came to set them free, and he's the God who came to set you free and me free. Listen to these words as I wrap this up. Exodus 14, 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. The Lord will fight for you. You are helpless. Be silent and see what God is going to do. And then you know the scene where Moses stretched out his hand over the Red Sea, and it was nighttime, and the waters parted. And it says that a strong east wind came and the waters on either side became like a wall. The picture there is of a strong fortress city wall. A mighty fortress wall guarding the waters back where God led them through on dry land. And once every one of them was through the water, guess what he did? The waters came crashing down on the Egyptians to say God alone saves and he defeats our enemy. Friends, look, we are helpless on our own to break free of the strongholds that that sin has upon us. 
What you and I need to see is this. This is just the first exodus. What we see in God leading his people through the Red Sea is a picture of God saying there's going to be something so much greater ahead. Just wait. Because he shows us that there will be another exodus where you and I will pass through because of the blood of the Lamb without us shedding our blood, where we will pass through the grave and come out of the empty tomb free, alive in Christ. You see, this incredible scene about the God who saves shows us about the God who came to set you and me free from the slavery of sin and death so that we could have life. Friends, the invitation for you and me is is not to just come to the Red Sea today, but that we would go beyond the Red Sea to the cross where our freedom was won, where our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, all of them, where we are set free, covered in the righteousness of Jesus so that we could be alive. This is our God, the God who saves Come and see, and see that he will set you free from all the things that that you wrestle with today. See that he is much more magnificent and glorious, and you will find the salvation of the Lord coming upon you in ways like you never imagined. Yes, he saves us and gives us salvation, but he saves us daily from the power and stronghold of the enemy because the enemy is defeated. Amen? Amen. Amen.